Avengers assemble. The Super Marvel Bros watched the 2012 hit movie, The Avengers, and we're here to discuss the whole thing. So here we go. everybody to the super marvel bros podcast the podcast where me and my brother go through every single marvel movie piece of content eventually we'll get to the tv shows we're hitting the whole shebang here here there there we're getting to it all i'm sam flowers your host and always with me my co-host my brother zach flowers zach how are you doing today not a great plan i'm doing fine you honestly could have chosen literally any quote from this movie because this is probably the most quotable movie out of all of it. They were just like, I think we've seen so far. Well, yeah, like I think half of my notes are just quotes of just like <laughs> things that it's just I remember. So notes are quotes. Zach, this movie came out in 2012. I remember how big of a deal it was back then. I remember I left my eighth grade track practice like an hour early or something like that, just so that I could go see this movie with my friends. It was that big of a deal at the time. And I mean, it really, for better or worse, just kind of changed the whole entire movie landscape because since this was such a big success everybody's trying to do a, some sort of cinematic universe of some sort, whether it is with superheroes or how Universal did their dark universe thing. Everybody's trying to get in on it. I mean, we know Godzilla versus Khan. That's another universe right there. So just uh, where were you exactly when this movie was coming out? Do you remember how big of a deal it was? Uh, well, I was in college and I had uh, just turned 21, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't really going to movies as much as I was uh, going out and going to go to the bars for the first time. So, uh, but I do remember like hearing about it and knowing it was a big deal because I, up until that point, never really, because I never really got into the MCU until probably like after this movie, just because it was so big, and then I'm like all right, I guess I'll go see it and check it out. Cause I think the first Iron Man came out like a year after Spider-Man three or something. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, superhero movies are kind of sucky again. And I didn't even remember going seeing this. And then I think I saw, I think instead of going to see Iron Man, I think I saw Hulk in theater. So then I was really like, all right, I don't care. And then I didn't, <laughs> You didn't see anything and then everything everybody was talking about this avengers movie i'm like what are you talking about like like yeah all the movies that happened so far everybody's in this one movie i'm like well, that sounds kind of cool so i saw this with no context the first time but uh eventually i've grown to love how everything ties into it from before and uh i think uh when i was when i was 21 yeah i was i enjoyed the ride. I might have had a few beers at the theater too. 
<laughs> just 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 for uh just for kicks and giggles look i get it i mean once we get to avengers endgame when i turn 21 that's when uh that's when it becomes a challenge but anyways back to what i was gonna say uh yeah this was the first movie ever on an opening weekend to get over 200 million at the box office which is crazy thinking about it now because that almost seems like that's supposed to be the standard for every single marvel movie but because this did break the mold like this really went in and it was the game changer event and the crazy thing is when i was re-watching it i realized that this movie is actually like kind of simple when you think about it it really is just like they bring the characters together loki escapes then they have to fight all like the war the army that's coming after them like for such a movie that had so much build up to it like it is very simplistic at the end of the day and i think that is a huge pro to it because of the fact that they knew that they would have to draw in people like you who didn't have any other context or any other backstory to these characters and they knew we just need to make this simple we need to make it fun and we need the characters to bounce off of each other and joss whedon did a very good job of that with this movie yeah i agree i think that uh one of the things that i noticed or i guess paid attention to more because we're doing this rewatch and clearly having seen it a couple times in between uh it coming out and doing this podcast trying to pay attention to more things i thought for a superhero movie and for how much cgi was in it like since it was so good and so much going on and so much action, I didn't mind like as much like because clearly the whole entire army at the end is CGI and pretty much yeah. everything, everything. Is, but it was so done on such a bigger scale, I think, than the previous movies. It was just uh, it's so encompassing for like the whole like in the whole world of the movie that it didn't it didn't bother me at all. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, mostly the CGI, for the most part, it still holds up. There are some areas here and there. Like, I remember when uh, Thor throws, uh, or not Thor, when Loki throws Iron Man and Tony Stark out the window, it kind of looked like a giant ragdoll. So there were small little moments, in, in, like, here and there, where it was like, oh, that, not not a great CGI, but, you know. <laughs> <It is laughs> so, you know what? Let's uh, Let's just jump right into this. Let's start at the very beginning, where we get introduced to, or reintroduced, I guess, into the Tesseract and just how powerful that is. So we start out with that. We see somebody's giving Loki his little thing, and then all of a sudden we get to the shield base. Yeah, the shield base scene, uh, and I think goes along the line with the whole this whole movie is, yeah, there, there's dialogue and setting things up, but it doesn't take very long before every scene becomes some sort of action and captivating in some way and i think that she they shield base blowing up was really cool uh everything collapsing on itself you have uh the mind control aspect with uh we still don't know what the staff is with the mind stone and everything we don't because we don't know about that yet but we see him being able to either explode people or if they're a main character uh, take over their mind and let them live. <laughs> yeah. So also uh, in this opening, we get introduced to uh, the newest Shield agent, Robin Sherbatsky from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, I can't remember what her name is off the top. Maria of Hill. Maria Hill. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, so we get introduced to her. So now we have two Shield agents who were previously on CBS sitcoms right there. So that's a nice little tie-in we have to that. 
Those coming to Paramount Plus. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, Again, and this one, I told you, this one was Paramount. Speaking of Paramount Plus. Yeah. <laughs> this this was by, yeah. This, this was, was the last Paramount. There you go, right there. Um, once we get to the opening of what do we do next, and then we get that nice little zoom in on Nick Fury, we get introduced to the theme. And honestly, I know a lot of people, like for the most part, they kind of hate on MCU music because it is so inconsistent and they just always set, tend to have new themes for every single movie. But this is the one piece of music that they do keep consistently throughout the whole thing. And it just hits you right there. And they've got a great theme right there for the Avengers. It feels very like... You, it somehow sounds very unified and very like heroic. Like they did a great job with giving us a great theme for the Avengers as a team in general. Yeah, it's almost like the person who produced the score knew what they were doing for a superhero movie to make it sound <laughs> like a team yeah. and heroic and unified. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, because I would say, what, the Iron Man one was good and the Captain America one was pretty good, but, like, this one, they, like, really hit it out of the park. Like, oh, I agree, yeah. The, everything in the... As every aspect of this movie... It was. It just seemed made it seem bigger and better and more important than the other ones. Um, the other move, like, and which is what they were going for, because everything that we've seen so far was leading up to this movie. And this is almost since we talk about this, uh, the MCU, almost like it's a TV show with episodes. This is like their season finale uh, episode. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. Everything's going for it. The music, the uh, cinematics. You got all the big actors in this one, and uh, I think I think it just knock, knocks it out, knocks it out of the park with how how they uh, do everything for it. Well, speaking of big actors, we now get introduced to the new actor playing the Incredible Hulk, uh, Mark Ruffalo, who, as we know, he's going to continue playing the Hulk until like either they want to kill off the character or until his contract ends and Mark Ruffalo just doesn't want to do it anymore. So I think even within that first scene um, of being introduced to him, I already kind of knew that he was more fun to watch as a character than what we had with, um, with uh, Edward Norton. Like already within just that first scene of him in what India was, that's where yeah, he was located. I think so. Yeah. So even that, and just like talking to Black Widow, just right there, you can already tell. Like, yeah, they definitely got a better guy to portray Bruce Banner, without a doubt. Yeah, I think it's almost like he does such a good job, even though he's not—he hasn't even done anything yet. It's just he just seems more likable than uh, Edward Norton's portrayal. That you almost instantly forget about Edward Norton. Yeah, and you can't even think about anybody other than Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. Yeah. Well, because, like, even still, when he is talking with her, like, he kind of fakes out the fact that he's going to get angry and just to see, like, what she's going to do. And she pulls a gun on him, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, just wanted to see what would happen if, like, you really made me angry. So, yeah, like, he's willing to do that. Meanwhile, uh, Edward Norton would probably just, like, not even risk getting angry. He'd just be, like, very He would calm, do some very... deep, deep breaths uh, <laughs> with his weird... Uh, you want to meditate with me? <laughs> meditation partner, yeah. Um, and then uh, after we get uh, meet the new Bruce Banner, uh, we have um, Nick Fury and what I wrote down as like a Metalocalypse style uh, evil council I, meeting. I wrote that <laughs> down the, too. <laughs> the hidden, the hidden council. We must wait. <laughs> yes, and they talk about Phase Two, and uh, we end up finding out what Phase Two is. But yeah. uh, I thought it was a little tease because Phase Two 
ends up they call them MCU in phases. So I thought that was kind of like I don't know if it was supposed to be a wink <laughs> at the time, but <laughs> and I, I honestly, you know, I tend to not want to give Marvel a lot of credit on doing like winks to the audience or like or like how they said Spider Man was in Iron Man too. Like they always just want to take credit for things they clearly didn't think about. I think this they probably did know because they're just like, yeah, we know we're gonna have another Iron Man, we're gonna have another Thor, Captain America. So let's just say that that's phase one and this is phase two, and we can just throw that line in there. So. That I will say they probably did. And then, um, so we just keep getting introduced to characters. I think uh, up until, like, I think for the first, after the action scene, the next, like, 20 minutes or so is just everybody gets their own little intro. We essentially get a longer Captain America end credit scene because him and Fury are talking in the boxing rink a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, We get Iron Man doing something underwater, trying to do a hydro thing. Uh, And of course, Coulson comes in, talks back and forth, and is just like, yeah, I thought you didn't want me. So, yeah. And then uh, Coulson has his fanboy moments with uh, Captain America, where he's just sort of uh, in awe and uh, drooling over the fact that he's alive and hanging out with him. His man crush Captain America. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can understand. I can understand that Chris Evans is somebody who I could see people wanting to add man crushes on. It's understandable, <laughs> but you know, we just got to point that out. He's um, very handsome. Yes, of course. And then, uh, uh, then after we're introduced to everybody, and uh, Coulson and Captain America are flying to the base, and he's like, "Oh yeah, isn't this any of this freak you out and stuff?" And he's like, "Oh, actually, this is sort of like you know, usual to me." And then the base turns into a flying like the, yeah. air, the the water aircraft carrier turns into an airship which was awesome into a helicarrier uh yeah this is without a doubt an awesome base to have um especially if you're someone like me who played lego marvel superheroes one and that's like the home base that's where you start out in the video game and yeah it's a lot of fun running around that base you do a lot of cool like cool missions and everything so yeah, the Helicarrier, definitely a really cool location that they introduce into the world. And I think we see more of them in Captain America 2. So we're definitely getting that introduction in now for what's going to come in the future of all this. I also really like the reflector panels that they have on it to kind of turn invisible from the sky, which, as we also know, that's going to come back to in Spider-Man Homecoming. So they're just introducing these, like, this technology and all of this stuff that really is going to become more of a staple to it all. So a lot of good stuff there. And that essentially takes us to the end of act one in a way, because now they're crossing the threshold right there. Once that base just lifts up, there's no turning back. Yep. We have uh, everybody except obviously uh, Thor, which we'll get. uh, We're getting to that. With the Germany fight scene. How did you feel about the uh, Germany fight scene? I honestly really liked it. I thought it was a fun little way to, uh, kind of show Loki's power and also the fact that they had the orchestra playing like at the actual location and they made that music time up. They made it, um, asynchronous to like with the, what was actually going on with the, um, with what, like the breaking and whatnot. So I thought that that was all really cool. And then he tells everyone to kneel with cap then jumping down to save the guy. Like it is a very simple kind of action sequence because it doesn't last very long and there's really not a lot going on, but I mean, much like this whole movie, it might be simple, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun just watching the whole entire thing unfold and just seeing it all come together. So 
I really like that. And my favorite part is, of course, when Iron Man decides to fly on in. We get shoot to thrill in the back up and like, and then just we get that Mr. Stark, Captain, and a rivalry is born right there, <laughs> right at that moment. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, obviously we get Thor who comes in and out of nowhere and doesn't know that they're trying to get Loki. Like they're all on the same side, and we have a really cool three-person yeah. battle. We get uh, our ver- their very first fight together because they're going to fight a lot more, but this is their first one that they're having. So a lot more stuff that's going to become staples. Um, also, we get a much better Thor hairpiece and a much better Loki hairpiece just want to throw that in because their hair was terrible. He doesn't have bleached eyebrows anymore. Right. So you're he, no his longer eyebrows are normal that. colored. <laughs> yeah, pretty much all that. Um, also, I liked the nice little uh, rewatching when Iron Man decides to go after Thor. He still has to put his helmet on instead of what we'll get where the helmet just regenerates itself. Like, remember when it was a physical object, he had to put on his actual head. <laughs> like, it was a prop, and now it's CGI. <laughs> Yes, I think uh, entire fight scene between them was uh, was real fun. It was it was kind of dumb how I, if I was Loki, I would have I don't know his whole plan. I guess was to get captured anyway, so that's why yeah. he didn't leave. But if I was, I would have been like, oh, these guys are distracted. I'm I'm out of here. Time to hit the old dusty trail. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean, again, his plan was to get captured, so I guess he was fine with all that happening. Plus, he's just like, wait, the Avengers are fighting each other? Well, this I gotta see. So he Yeah, he, he was even watching. <laughs> he was even if he's engaged and he's within the movie, like, he's he knows about the universe, so, like, why not? Um, I also like the part when Thor decides to electrocute Tony and then that completely backfires and it makes his power at like 400 <laughs> percent and then he just becomes super overpowered we get the also the great line of you want me to put the hammer down that makes me think of uh back when LeBron was in Cleveland and they would try to give him the nickname the Akron Hammer and be like he threw the hammer down so nice little throwback there so yeah, Loki's now captured. Um, we end up also getting introduced eventually to the Galica guy. <laughs> so <laughs> the background. I think uh, Loki, the time he's on the ship, uh, gives the movie a little bit time to breathe because up until now it's been pretty much nonstop uh, action or like introducing people. So it's been a lot for people to take in and give some time for the plot to develop a little. Uh, we find out that phase two is uh, Tesseract WMDs, uh, yeah. which Cap doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, they just want to see it. Iron Man wanted to uh, infiltrate and kind of hack into all the secrets because, as he says, it's Nick Fury, you know? His secrets have secrets. He's the secret agent of all agents, like... So we get and, that. And Black- he talks about other worlds, even though he uh, met Captain Marvel in the 90s. And how they didn't know about other worlds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Black Widow talks to Loki, tries to get a little bit of information out of him, which is always good. As we saw earlier, uh, Black Widow's good at getting information out of guys. So she was able to, <laughs> to come back. So It's her special skill. She's a super spy, too. Yeah. 
Um, and then we get to the fun, we get to the little moment where everybody's just arguing about like with each other while like we're also seeing at the same time that Loki is ready to escape and everybody's just going at each other. We still get a little bit more of Captain America and Iron Man teasing their huge rivalry of them just like going at it, you know, take the suit off. What are you? A billionaire playboy philanthropist. Like he says all that. They get the, they get the back and forth going. And then we get to Loki escaping. Yes, I think the escape scene with uh, people attacking the uh, airship, I thought was, uh, it was fun, but the only parts that I think are kind of dumb about this uh, sort of Mind Stone thing are, you good? <laughs> yeah, the dog was about to start barking for no reason, so I threw some stickers at him, so <laughs> shut up. Uh, the, uh, the only part that I thought was dumb, so the Mind Stone is an Infinity Stone, which is supposed to be like an all-super-powerful uh, cosmic energy uh, that Loki uses to take over Hawkeye's mind. And all it does to take like anybody off of its spell is getting conked in the head like a cartoon where people like remember their memory. I thought that was kind of a you know, cheap cop-out, but... I'll- if that's the thing I'm going to nitpick on, then like it was still a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> he got hit in the head with two coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I also completely agree with that. It's a bit of a dumb way. I mean, really, anytime I see that in any show that's not a cartoon, I kind of get like annoyed at the fact because clearly they're going to die or have a bigger concussion than what they already have. So <laughs> instead of like bringing their memory back to normal, so... That's what I'm saying. It's like the Mind Stone it was supposed to be some sort of like supernatural, like <laughs> cosmic power, and all it takes is a conk. <laughs> what? Where am I? What I do? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So that was, I guess, the only uh, gripe I had with <laughs> with this whole movie of the Mind Stone and how easy it was. Because even at the end, we see. Uh, uh Skarsgård uh, what's his what's his character's name uh, uh Dr. Oldman or so yeah, Selvager uh Dr. Selvig and he just like falls from a blast in the thing and then he hits his head so it's not even like somebody hits him in the head and he's like remembers everything so I, I don't know I that part was I don't know. What were your thoughts with the uh, Loki escape action sequence? We've got Loki escaping, Hulk is hulking, you know, Coulson is about to die, Thor is in the bubble now, so... Um, I'll say another thing that I guess uh, I didn't like was how Hulk can't control himself in this, then he gets, like, shot out, comes back, and then for the final scene, like, he's in total control of his Hulk in this. Yeah, well... There's a lot of... there's a lot of sets up a lot of problems in this in this fight scene in this action scene. Well, I mean, essentially, his character arc in this movie is essentially what his whole character arc within the entire MCU is supposed to be. So, like, as we get to, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Age of Ultron is the next one he's in, and he like can't control himself unless Black Widow like calms him down or something. So, like, even though, yeah, in this, he's like, yeah, I get it. I'm always angry. So, essentially, this movie does a character arc that we're also going to keep seeing throughout the whole thing. So, I do get what you're saying on that. But at the same time, I mean, how great was that punch to the to the bone oh, yeah. It's it so awesome. good. You don't even really care then. Like, it's a stupid piece of writing. But the, um, I guess the 
part that ends up being uh, the key part in the Loki escape is when he kills uh, Agent Coulson. And uh, then the Avengers have something to avenge. Yeah. And it's sort of like uh, Fury's just pulling the strings on stuff where he knew that they needed something to bring them together because they're yeah. a bunch of arrogant uh, a-holes <laughs> who, who only think, care who all think, think about themselves. Yeah, because, I mean, they all had their own movies, so they're all a bunch of divas, that's why. Yeah. So, But does – okay, so as we know, there is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I have not seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I don't know how they explain Coulson being alive, but does Nick Fury almost kind of know that he could be alive, really? Because he's just like, yeah, they needed a little push, so, like – I threw this card at them to make them think Coulson was dead. Because no, I haven't seen I haven't seen Agents of Shield. So all I don't, right, I don't well, know. I can't speak to that. Well, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like maybe he does know Coulson is actually alive the whole time, and maybe he doesn't. But you know, still want to keep that little door open because Agents of Shield is canon, so we must remember that he is actually alive, even though he needed to die for them to be Avengers. So, <laughs> yeah, we get now to, of course. Once we start the, uh, Act 3, and this is when it's pretty much one giant action sequence of the Battle of New York, we get the iconic Iron Man and Loki talk where you have, you know, some of the best lines. We have a Hulk. Not a great plan, as you said earlier. Like, it's all that back and forth. And, of course, we also get a nice little funny moment when uh, – Loki even tries to mind control Iron Man. Yet, of course, because he has the arc reactor, he's just not able to do it. So nice little moment there. So, yeah, your thoughts on this whole entire just because the whole this whole last 30 minutes is just them battling over New York. So, oh, yeah. And I even uh, struggled to write a lot of notes because it's just so much going on that I almost couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have the. Uh, I think the one of the coolest parts that you already talked about was Hulk trans like Banner transforming into Hulk and wall punching the dragon in the face. Uh, that was really awesome. Uh, you get the 360 camera oh. money shot. Money shot, <laughs> like oh, that, I mean that is the moment of the movie right there. Like that was on every trailer. It was in every commercial. Like that is the shot right there of the whole movie. It is iconic to a T, without a doubt. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. You get uh, Hulk. I like Hulk smashing Loki like a rag doll. Uh, yeah. Once they sort of uh, get things uh, sort of settled down, and then it was sort of like a for comedy moment where he's laying there. And he's like, ah! <laughs> puny god. We get that. Um, yeah, and I mean, let's also not forget at all. While all this is happening, there's actually a time heist going on in the background. So we can't forget about any of that going on. But we'll get to that in about like 15 more movies. Yeah, so. that's it. Takes a long time. Um, but overall, the I think even though, like I said, it was all CGI, I thought it was really cool. Um, when they're all because it's like oh you know we all have to work together and we can do this if we work together instead of fight each other and but i was all for it i, I, I thought even uh hawkeye doing all his no looking uh i thought it was kind of funny where it's so cgi that yeah it really like, doesn't matter it's, what it's, it, it like <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like a 
a wink or slash a middle finger to the audience. It's like, yeah, I'm not really shooting anything anyway. He's just looking all over, like yeah. not looking and just shooting arrows. It's either he's so good, that's they, why he's an Avenger, or like he's just yeah. like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna get hit, I'm gonna hit these shots. Look, they're gonna it, make it. <laughs> it's Hawkeye. Do we really care at the end of the day? Like he's he's probably within this movie, I would say he's probably my least favorite of the six Avengers that we get. Just because, like, I mean, for the most part, he is with Loki, even though he is mind controlled. Like, I get it, but still, it's like we don't get we don't get the Hawkeye that we come to truly know in this one. He's kind of just there, sh- like you said, just shooting arrows. Joss Whedon just told Jeremy Renner, "Yeah, do whatever you want, just talk and just pretend to shoot stuff." Like, we'll CGI it in later. It doesn't matter. So that's what. Yeah, it is. they're like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you'll get you'll get a big check from this. Just go have fun, shoot some arrows. <laughs> How much am I getting? $30 million? I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we all, and then I was going to say the uh, it was also kind of cool, the uh, Captain America <laughs> boosting up uh, Black Widow on the thing, and then she's just riding on the alien spacecraft. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of those, the, the alien, the Chitauri? Like, so... I, know, I know that essentially it's all ties into thanos stuff but i thought um i think not having no knowing any of like the thanos things in the beginning and then letting the movie just play out and then this ends and then it's like oh yeah that was thanos too i think that's another thing i kind of struggle with that doing a rewatch and stuff so what are your thoughts on that because it almost makes it seem like Thanos is trying to just take control of the earth, even though we know that's not really his plan whatsoever. Um, I don't know that I think again, for what it is, as I said, this movie is simple. So I'm kind of fine with it being just like a gray, ugly alien army that they're fighting because it really doesn't matter. Like you just want to see them fight together and go up against something and win at the end of the day. So like, I mean, even though I don't really care for the Chachari as, like, the army that they have to fight, and it's kind of just, like, again, a gray, boring CGI monster, like, that they're fighting, it's kind of whatever, really, at this point. But, again, it's got such a simplistic tone to it that I don't really think it matters too much at the end of the day. Like, they know they're... This whole movie really does know. It's just trying to be fun. It's trying to let you have a good time. It feels as blockbustery as it wants to be which is such a huge key for this and it really did pay off and like that's definitely what they went for and they succeeded in every single way um now as we also know as we've been saying throughout all of these past movies do you call in captain marvel well, i was gonna say before that because we haven't finished the movie yet because we do get the latest like stan lee camp oh yeah <laughs> they're just going through the news thing and he's like doesn't believe he's like superheroes in new york <laughs> it's like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> like <laughs> i i like to think that uh he was playing chess with either uh gil vizon or george st Geeglin at the time because he's kind of <laughs> sitting there with another faceless old man so i like to think that he's up against one of those two characters <laughs> or the old guy from pixar or the old guy yes <laughs> the pixar chess i i'd be fine with that either so yeah and then even at the very end um he's talking to the evil council from metalocalypse and is just like yeah i think they deserve a break we saw what they just did let them rest for a bit so 
Yeah. Let them rest for a bit, a.k.a. no rest because we have new movies coming out next year. <laughs> that, that um, without a doubt, everybody's going to get their own solo movie. Um, I also want to bring this up because this is pretty consistent throughout this, and I don't know if you know this fact, but every single car, especially that Tony Stark drives, but I think they try to do this for all of them in general, all the cars that they drive are like five years ahead of its time. So like whatever company they're like branding with, they're like, oh, this is in 2012. Yeah, this car is supposed to come out in like 2017 because we just want to start advertising now and we want people to think like, oh, look at how cool Tony Stark looks driving this car. So all of these cars, pretty much throughout the whole franchise, they're always going to be like five years ahead of when they're actually supposed to be released to the general public, so... Even though also I bet you the general public going to see these movies can't even afford these cars, but <laughs> doesn't matter. They still want to do that pre-advertisement now. So, Yeah, I, uh, I, wa- I was watching the uh, like extras on uh, Disney Plus and they had like the alternate beginning and alternate ending where it was sort of like um, it was maria hill getting interviewed by the council and the beginning and sort of like talking about everything like oh what went wrong and in the beginning made it seem like it was gonna be bad and then at the end uh they come back to it uh and she was like she's like oh yeah no it wasn't bad you guys were the ones that messed up sort of so and uh they uh but and in that alternate ending they fired nick fury and then she takes over and stuff but they obviously didn't keep that in yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, I think it's good they kept Nick Fury, and we still need to get a little bit more with him in the future. So, yeah. Um, so back to what I was going to tease up with, uh, do you call Captain Marvel for this movie? Um, the answer is yes, because even the yes. evil council is ready to nuke New York City. I would say definitely yes. That so we call Captain Marvel, unless this, is, this was Fury's plan all along to see what he could I know it wasn't. That's what I'm just saying. It's I know. Too, I'm trying to help them out. <laughs> I'm trying to help them out by saying, like, oh, maybe he just wanted to see how much they could handle without having to call Captain Marvel. And clearly, space dragons and an alien army that they almost have to nuke was right on the edge for he, him. <laughs> he, yeah, exactly. He, he had that right on the edge for them. And also, he's just like, oh, yeah, Tony Stark, he might die in space, but that's fine. We don't have anybody who can just, like, you know, breathe in space, be perfectly fine in space that I can oh, call wait. up at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Also, as we'll eventually see, uh, Captain Marvel takes on an army that's pretty much this size single-handedly. So <laughs> That's again. what I was going to say. That Nick Fury, if anything, was like, huh, we need to have a two-hour and 25-minute runtime. I can't have this battle be done in two seconds where she just flies through everything and has it be done. You know what? You know what? Bring up the alternate ending. Fire Nick Fury for not calling her off. I think the evil council has a point on this. Maybe those are deleted scenes that we didn't see, like where they're like, oh, or you could call up uh, Captain Marvel, and he's just like, nah, I think we're going to let this one play itself out. And they're like, all right, but if we have to nuke the city, we'll do that. And he's like, all right, I'll call your bluff. <laughs> I still won't call her up. I don't care. Yeah. Plus, um, we get and then the mid credits, we get Thanos like actually being able to see him, and then at the post credits, we get shawarma. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, just them sitting around eating, doing their thing. Uh, overall, Zach, what are your thoughts about this movie? Uh, so I think the way we've been rating them uh, so far, because uh, we try we try to be a little different, is. Uh, 
would you watch it on TV? I'm saying yes. I see even though on TV it'd probably be what like a four hour runtime with commercials yeah. or at least three and a half. <laughs> it, but it, uh, it, it would be it would be a good uh, a good Sunday like hungover sort of uh how i'm feeling right now movie so but too bad i already watched it because i'm not gonna just like watch it two days in a row but uh it's definitely one if i'm if i'm sitting around i would i would turn on doesn't matter what part because i know i'm gonna be hit with non-stop action my my rating and this is probably gonna be like the highest you could say is if american dad or family guy isn't on tv then i'll definitely put it on because like, there's probably nothing else better on than like any of that stuff. So yes, without a doubt, I'll definitely watch the Avengers. Maybe not sit through the whole thing because again, as you said, it's gotta be like three, four hours long on TV. But yeah, this is probably my favorite out of all the phase one movies. And it's definitely one of like the, I don't know, seven Marvel movies that I say without a doubt, like, yeah, even if you haven't seen any of the other ones, you should still watch this because it's just, it's just a fun blockbuster movie that you really don't need any backstory for. And if you want to continue on from here, you can, because that's even like how you were back when you were in college. Like you didn't have the backstory, but this movie you saw, and then you're like, well, I might as well see what the next one is. And even yeah. as we'll see with the box office numbers, that's kind of how it was for a lot of America. Cause I know Iron Man three breaks records. I'm pretty sure Captain America guardians of the galaxy. Like as we see going after this, this was the movie that definitely like broke the mold and got all of America completely interested in the Avengers and the MCU entirely. So this is without a doubt, one of like the seven, I say you should just watch the movie regardless of your thoughts about anything else. Yeah, and then uh, just so for some, I guess, housekeeping things. Uh, so now we have the whole phase one done. Uh, we're heading into phase two, and we didn't really add any uh, superheroes. Um, the only people we added, I guess, would be uh, some others, like Maria Hill is new in this one, and then uh, Thanos. Um, what, do, what do you think on... Uh, how they introduced him at the sort of mid credits and then how that ends up being like, you know, I mean, thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's fine. That it's just a nice little, nice, again, nice little tease. We don't need to worry about him yet. Like we can just sit down and wait. Like we really don't have to get too much into it because he is the big bad guy. So we can still do all the other stuff before we get to that. So I think this was a nice little tease for who's essentially the big crowning villain of it all. And I think talking about how uh, this sort of changed how they do movies and how people look at like cinematic universes. Um, do you want like a quick uh, top 10 of what was going on in 2012? It's actually a pretty good year for movies. Oh, it was a great year for movies. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Avengers was number one. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises at number two uh, uh, that year. Hunger Games, one. the first Hunger Games. So that saga was starting. Uh, yeah. Skyfall, which is that one the... Is that one the last or the the, the third one? That's the that, third one. So that's the ending of that James Bond one's uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part <laughs> Two. Uh, was number five. You had Amazing Spider Man at uh, number six. So Sony, <laughs> we can get to those eventually. <laughs> Sony trying to get into it. Uh, Brave uh, from Disney. Yeah, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey. So more a lot of Hobbit to, heads out there. A lot of Hobbit heads. Uh, Ted came in at number nine, <laughs> and then uh, number. Uh, 
number 10 was Madagascar 3, Europe's <laughs> Most Wanted. <laughs> That's number... I don't even like that Madagascar. Hey, but some other some other notable ones on there, uh, Men in Black 3 was on there. Uh, you had Wreck-It Ralph, Ice Age Continental Drift, <laughs> Hotel Transylvania, which became a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> 21, the- 21 Jump Street was that year. I'm just yeah. looking through these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2012 is a pretty great year for movies, I think, in general. Um, Dang, just, Django Unchained was 20. His, I'm that like, was 20 down the list, and that's at number 39. Yeah, that's at uh, that's at, that's in 2012. Um, and then there's like, I know there's like a couple other ones. I just can't think off the top of my head what they were. Um, I know I'm, I'm looking to see what the what like the the biggest one that I've seen. Well, load, well while you keep looking and just like reading through that, I want to bring up my little storyline about is Captain America a virgin throughout these movies? Uh, this is probably his most virginy movie because I think he only talks to Black Widow and he only says like a couple lines to her, so he's definitely like not getting with anyone else in blood. This movie specifically, you could make a little bit of an argument for like the first Avenger, but this one, without a doubt, he's definitely a virgin. He's the goody two shoes. He's he's not getting with anyone in this. So that's just another little storyline. Again, as we go through these movies to find out if he is or not. Yeah, he barely knows how to talk to women. Yeah. Um, I also think Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr., like, I think this is his peak performance. Like I know in Endgame he kind of gives more of the emotional one, but to me this is like the most fun Tony Stark I think throughout all of these movies. And maybe that'll change with this rewatch, but I know he starts getting PTSD and like starts worrying about the world and gets like bigger like worries about everything. <laughs> but that's kind of why I do like this because this is almost like the last time where Tony Stark is in full on fun mode and he's not worrying about any other bigger picture. Like it is just about him. And again, he just has all the great lines. He has all the quips. Like this is him at his best in my opinion. Yeah, I think and I think with the way they did it and setting up in this ends phase one, like everything's changed now. Now we know like, well, we knew because of Thor, but the whole earth knows like aliens are real and yeah. uh, there's a bigger things out there. And I think it just amps up the universe uh, takes it to the next level and we will see how they continue. Cause I think up next we got Iron Man three. Yeah. Iron Man three, this one without a doubt deals with the fallout and everything. And again, yeah. he's got PTSD in this and, one. So. And even this, the stuff in this uh, sets up for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming in the future. With, yeah. Uh, everything. So they do tie everything in. The Battle of New York is uh, clearly, I mean, any you can talk about that in any Avengers movie with the ending battle, how it's a pivotal part, because that's just what they went for, for the MCU. That's why we love, <laughs> that's yeah. why we love it. And that's why uh, these ones, um, these ones always seem to be the biggest draws because, hey, I might not like uh, Thor. I might not like, you know, can't, like you might not like one of the individual heroes movies, but you're going to see this, like the yeah. big one at the end. You're watching the season finale. Without a doubt. This is the one that's like the must see. And that's why these movies, they're always, no, I think other than maybe Age of Ultron, because that came out in 2015, which is when The Force Awakens came out, like, there's a reason why these movies are always the number one movie of the year, because it's what everyone wants to see. It's got all the characters, favorite and least favorite, that you just want to go in and, like, 
get that and get that big pivotal season finale moment because it's like, where are they going to go from here? And, you know, they, they always seem to know. <laughs> I don't know how, but, you know, I got to give them credit. They always seem to know where they're going from here. So got to give them that. Yeah, so uh, up next we got Iron Man 3. We close out that trilogy, and uh, but while in closing, we open up Phase 2. Yes, and I can't remember if I like Iron Man 3 or not. I have very mixed feelings on it, so... Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> can't wait. I'll see you next week for that, Zach, here on right. the Super Marvel Bros. If you would like more of the Super Marvel Bros podcast, please do not forget to hit subscribe right there on Spotify and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Marvel Bros Pod. Thank you very much for listening.